In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life of dedication to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin and call others into a life of holiness, and they'd let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. So in honor of these great men, each November, a bunch of guys started getting together online and focusing on growing in virtue and growing out their beards. Well, now, for the second year in a row, we are also gathering as women to get a taste of the Nazarite life this November. We're going to focus on growing in community, growing in virtue, and letting a little bit of vanity go by sacrificing one aspect of our personal grooming for the month of November. This year, we launched a podcast for the Nazarite Challenge, this podcast, Virtue Riot. My name is Jill Simons, and I'm excited to have myself and some of my favorite people share their reflections on the cardinal virtues with you. But before we dive into the cardinal virtues, we're going to take a couple of days to talk about what virtue is and how we live virtuously. So for the first three days, we have Cameron Thompson of the Virtuous Leadership Institute breaking open how we do just that. This is Dr. Cameron Thompson. I'm a moral psychologist, author, and president of the Virtuous Leadership Institute. When we talk about the life of virtue, it's, uh, I think it's important to begin by defining what it is we're talking about, especially since the word virtue, that kind of terminology, is used in a lot of different ways uh, as though it means the same thing, but really referring to different, different things. So let's clarify what, what exactly is a virtue. Let's start out by answering that question. A virtue as it's been used throughout the, the whole of history on, on the aggregate with the way that the ancient Greek philosophers are talking about it, the way it's been described throughout the Middle Ages by philosophers, uh, and even into our modern day, uh, those psychologists that specialize in this particular area and virtue theory, the philosophers, the scholars, academics, that will talk around this from within the tradition, uh, speak of virtue in a way that's, that's not the same as we might here on the street in the parlance of our times. A virtue, strictly speaking, is a strength or a power of human nature. So the word that Aristotle actually uses to refer to what we call virtue is arete, which means excellence. So the way that Aristotle and throughout the tradition we're talking about virtues is that referring to a particular excellence or perfection of human capacity for being. So Aristotle talks about what makes a virtuous human being, and in the same breath he talks about what, what makes a virtuous knife. So a virtuous knife is a knife that is an excellent knife, just like a virtuous human being is one who's an excellent human being. What makes for a virtuous knife, an excellent knife, is one that's strong, sharp, and gets the job done. The same basic principle applies to the human being. What is it that's appropriate to human nature, and what is it that, that for us constitutes a strength that helps us be excellent, strong, sharp? and get the job done. But it's not, it's not merely about action, but about a way of being. So about a way of being. So virtue is an excellence. And then the, the Latin word, the way that, they, that, the, that we begin to translate the concept of arete, or excellence, from Greek into Latin, the, the, the term that becomes preferred is virtus, which means strength or power or force. Not force like the way you might think of forcing a wrench to turn a bolt, but force like a force of gravity. It is a, a, an all-pervading strength of human nature. So it's cultivating certain strengths. And it's not, when we talk about strengths here, I think it's important to distinguish between what we might think of as our personal strengths, like uh, you might be good at math or I might be good at writing or something like that, but, but a strength that's common to human nature. So when we talk about the virtues, you may be familiar with the, the four cardinal virtues as sort of classically identified. 
as being prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And, and these four cardinal virtues are, it's, it's helpful to actually think of them like muscle groups. So rather than as individual virtues or individual strengths, they're actual sets of muscles, these, these areas that you have the capacity to strengthen. And I say a muscle group because each of the four cardinal virtues is actually subdivided as a category into, uh, into more specific virtues, uh, subordinate virtues in some way. So you might think of sort of prudence as uh, upper body strength or something like that, but you've got all these different muscles. You've got your biceps, your triceps, and, and, and deltoids and all of that, you know, sort of the muscles of your arm. And so you talk about your arm strength might be a, you know, sort of analogous to something like fortitude or just any of the cardinal virtues, but it's made up of much smaller components, more specific virtues. So the virtue of fortitude has, for instance, in it also, and this is not exhaustive, but also the virtues of audacity. So that's boldness in taking a risk and also the virtue of endurance and perseverance or patience, these things that entail the strength required to put up with something, put up with some difficulty for a period of time. So you get different aspects of the idea of courage or strength. And likewise, the virtue of temperance, or maybe more accurately translated into modern English, is the idea of self-mastery. Because it's not merely about restraining your emotions or your desires, restraining the passions. It's also just as much about activating the passions. So what I find is very interesting about something like the virtue of temperance is the fact that, or, or self-mastery, is that you've got these some of the different components also include uh, the virtue of wittiness, actually having a sense of humor, is part of the virtue of self-mastery, uh, just as much as um, dressing appropriately or speaking appropriately, and along with all the other things you might think of that might go along with, with temperance. That these are actually also parts of the virtue of, of temperance or self-mastery. And and if we think about the virtues as muscle groups and the specific virtues as muscles, we can really begin to understand that the virtues aren't something that we live by, but they're something that we acquire. So I've got muscles, and we've all got the same muscles, barring some disability or some injury that's removed a limb of our body. We all have the basic, same basic muscles, but some of us are stronger than others, and some of us are stronger in different ways because we acquire virtues through practice through exercising. So the, how do you become stronger? How do you learn to, to lift heavy weights? Is you begin by lifting smaller weights and you grow stronger over time and you move incrementally. Uh, and so developing the virtues is something we do by habit. So the technical definition of a virtue in sort of the modern scientific terminology to get, to get very technical here is that a virtue is a dispositional trait acquired by habit. So it's a dispositional trait acquired by habit. So we develop virtues in the same way we develop, we develop our muscle strengths by exercising certain, by doing certain kinds of actions uh, that, with increasing intensity to, to, to grow stronger. And the same thing with the virtues. So it's acquired by habit. So we do these things in a repetitive way, certain kinds of activities in a repetitive way over time. So it's acquired by habit. Now, what do we mean by a dispositional trait? Well, a dispositional trait means that it's, uh, a trait that you have, you might think of like a personality trait, which, which would be true, but this is a trait that's acquired by habit so that by doing these sorts of exercises, by developing these strengths, these excellences of human nature, uh, of the virtues, we actually, be, they become part of who we are. And it's not something external to ourselves, but the, the, the virtue, the, the, the strength becomes a part of who we are. So it's a deeply seated dispositional trait. 
And the fact that it's a dispositional trait means that it's not something, just something we acquire and becomes part of who we are. In becoming part of who we are, our very identity is second nature to us. A virtue begins to shape the way that we view the world. It gives us a lens and a paradigm for viewing the world and a way of being in the world. The way in which we be in the world is shaped by those strengths, those habits that we develop. And it's not a matter of mere technical sort of habit by rote, but it's something that can sink much deeper to shape the core of who we are. And and it might be important to distinguish here between virtues and values because of the way that we use it in, in the modern English-speaking world uh, is that values are, are very different from virtues. Virtues, as we said, are strengths that you acquire, deeply seated dispositional traits, excellences at a way of being. Values are outside yourself. Values are fundamentally safe. Values do not implicate you personally. They're out there. Values you can put on a poster, on a wall in the office, and say, these are the things by which I live. Values are helpful. Literally, it just means the things that I hold important, but they don't actually tell me anything about you yourself, what you actually do. Values are like the stars that you might use to navigate at sea if you were sailing a ship. Values are like the stars. They're out there. They're good. They provide their navigational tools, but they say nothing about your ability to actually sail the ship from port to port and get to your destination. That's what a virtue is. The virtues are your ability to actually captain the ship to the destination. Thank you, Cameron, for calling us to a life of virtue. Now it's your turn to get involved. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's reflection, I encourage you to head over to our Facebook group. And if you haven't visited the group yet, you can find the link in the show notes. If you want to find out more about Cameron's ministry, you can head over to virtuousleadership.org or check out the show notes. We want to thank our sponsors for the Virtue Riot and the Nazarite Challenge, Catholic Balm Co., Pink Salt Riot, eCatholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. For more information about all of their work, please check out the show notes or visit nazaritechallenge.com. The best way to help people find out about this Nazarite challenge and this podcast, Virtue Riot, is to share the challenge page on social media or to rate and review this show on iTunes. And if you rate and review this podcast for this month only, you'll be entered into a chance to win a year's worth of free products from Pink Salt Riot, which you want to win. Until next time, ladies, remember to step out, act up, and start a Virtue Riot.